they are some of the fittest guys on the planet, but the thing that's stopping them from getting quicker is their form and their movement. And so I think it's very similar to, it's like how you perform drills is um, much more important than how many drills you, you do. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. Before we get into the episode with Jeff Grace, I just want to let you know that Jeff's online yoga studio, which is specific to swimmers, he's currently got a 50% off sale, which uh, you can find at swimspecificyoga.com. Use the uh, coupon code EFFORTLESSSWIMMING on checkout and you'll get that 50% discount. Um, I'll also put the link in our show notes as well. Uh, this is great if you find that you're very tight and that you do have problems in getting getting into the right position with your technique and uh, and you need to improve your mobility. Yoga is one of the best ways to do it. And I know firsthand how beneficial it can be, but I've actually had a, a lot of swimmers that I've worked with in the past who have been um, very tight and, and restricted, particularly through their thoracic spine, through the shoulders, those, um, those areas that are so important for swimming. And one of the ways that they've helped improve their mobility is through yoga. So uh, I can't recommend Jeff's yoga courses his online studio enough if, if you find yourself in that uh, position so i uh, just want to let you know about that 50 cent off special uh, brings it down to something like 60 dollars for the year at half price so it's um very good value and uh yeah find the link in the show notes let's get into the episode welcome to the effortless swimming podcast my guest today is jeff grace from swim specific yoga so jeff first of all welcome to the podcast and welcome back because i've had you on uh yeah, before. So uh, how have you been over the last uh, probably two years since we last spoke, I reckon? Yeah, been great. It's uh, It's been a journey, I think, as it has been for everybody. Um, an interesting one, but yeah, no, things have been great. And we were uh, talking before the call about uh, there's been a big uh, shift, obviously, online, which is which everyone knows about. And uh, we're also talking about a, a swimmer that I used to coach who uh, started doing your online yoga uh, I think you said November or December last year, and she emailed you just recently and said, "I can tell you that this works uh, because yeah. I just had it my I had a swim meet, and my times were you know, a lot better than they they were in the past." So, um, what I want to chat about today is how people can just move better as swimmers, because from my perspective, people when they come to clinics, majority of them are in their forties to fifties, I'd say most of them, and what we see is that. They, their range of motion is very limited, particularly through the hips with a lot of triathletes sitting down and riding and running and sitting at a desk. Like the range of motion through the hips is very poor and that just leads to a whole host of uh, issues that create drag. And so if people can just learn to move a bit better and be a bit more aware of what their body's doing through certain phases of the stroke by using something like yoga, it can have such a big impact on your, your swimming. And if you combine that with the technical side that, that I teach, I think it's just a very powerful combination to really make huge changes in your, in your swimming. And so you've worked with swimmers for a long time with yoga, and I'm sure you've seen these sorts of things time and time again. Yeah, no. And I mean, I can agree with you more when you talk about master swimmers. I mean, just everything that's involved in our daily lives that teach us how not to move. Um, and I've just, I've found, you know, because I come from the swim coaching background and coming at it and, and trying to discover the best ways to do dry land and testing out different modalities. I've just found that yoga is such an all encompassing 
modality. It has the body awareness element to it. When you touch, so when you're talking the overall movement, right? I love that you put that in there and not just mobility, because when you look at it, you've got the body awareness, overall awareness when we're talking about breath, then you've got the strength element and you've got a rhythm element to it. So you've got all, and then, then you've got the mental component to it. So you've got so many different aspects that you'll get hits on. And when you're talking about an app, an adult athlete, you've got a whole bunch of years of motor patterns and habits that sometimes need to first bring awareness to and to be able to start to get them to move in the way that you want them to, to be efficient in the water and to be, let's face it, for some people just comfortable in the water. I mean, one of the things that I've found uh, most interesting in the last couple of years is that the what people think they're doing in the stroke is obviously a lot different than what's actually happening but more than anywhere it's out in front of the head so the overhead movements from the entry to the reach and the, and the catch like it's just that the, the proprioception there is very very poor um, as well as other parts of the body but particularly out in front of the head is that something that you've seen in the yoga that you you do uh, and i know it's like a very small part of it is overhead movements but i'm, I'm just curious whether that's something that uh, that you've seen with the guys that you work with Absolutely. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, that is one of the major things that when designing designing programs that are specifically for swimmers that you have to look at because, or you have to really address and focus on because how often are we actually putting load or doing precise movements in our everyday lives in an overhead way? Right. And in fact, mm -hmm. the majority of what we're doing is restricting all of that. So when you look at not only, you know, a typical swimmer's posture of that rounded shoulder posture, but that's just for almost anyone who is not doing a job that takes an extreme amount of movement, right? Anyone who's at a desk it for any period of time. But then also when you look at what you're talking about with triathletes, what are you doing when you're on a bike, right? So really getting that body awareness with the overhead movement is, is a huge aspect. And I think when you look at it, you look at the shoulder mobility, and then you look at the thoracic spine mobility. Those are the two biggest areas that affect that. And then just mm. plain and simply getting an understanding of moving in different ways in that overhead with those overhead positions. But yes, it is something that I see a lot of. Yeah, and particularly that um, thoracic mobility. So I was, I, just before we started this podcast, I was doing um, analysis videos for, for our members. And um, one of the swimmers he's just joined, we're working on not over-rotating through the shoulders and, and through the hips because in both directions, he's, he's going too far. Legs are splaying out and it's impacting his catch as well. And so what, one of the things I suggested was probably going to have to start looking at just better thoracic um, mobility, like the side to side, um, thoracic movement. And, uh, obviously it's something that you do a lot in, in yoga. And one of the tests that we used to do at, um, at clinics when we were doing this sort of testing was we'd get them to sit on the edge of a, a chair, have their knees, have their feet together, their legs together, and then we'd get them to have their hands out in front, put the palms together and get them to rotate as far as they could without letting the, the arms bend, without letting the knees come apart. And most people couldn't get past about 45 degrees. Um, if 90 degrees is all the way to the side, but it, when they're looking at elite swimmers, they want them to be able to get to that 90 degree 
range. Otherwise, they'll look at some corrective um, exercises to to help it. But um, yeah, it was amazing how tight people are side to side. And so if you are tight there, it's going to cause your hips to rotate too far along with that shoulder rotation. And that's going to um, cause the legs to splay and a whole, whole bunch of other things. So um, what, like, what sort of things can people do to help that? And what sort of time period are people looking at to be able to see even a minor improvement in it? I think when, first off, when you look at, I'm just getting aggressive time period aspect first. I think when you look at that, just bringing the awareness to what's going on in that area can create a very immediate improvement, right? Because I don't think very many people, like if you have people simply just sit there and try that movement, just an awareness of how to move through that area, how to do that movement sitting in a chair. I'm sure that when you did that once with someone and then got them to do it a second time, you'd probably already see just from them recognizing the pattern that they'd have to go through. So by doing the body awareness aspect of it or the body awareness aspect of the movement around the thoracic spine, I think you're, you can see some very immediate change on that. Um, stabilization of the hips, I think is something that's really important because when people start working on thoracic spine stuff, so there's two, um, two movements that I like to, there's, there's three big ones when you're looking at that rotation through the thoracic spine that I like to use. One is lying down and that's a little bit more where you can keep the hips a little bit more, can be stabilized easier and have better body awareness around that. But the other two, uh, one's in a lunging position where you then keep one hand on the ground and then you're rotating through with the other arm. So you've got, so I've got my right leg forward. I got my left leg back. I'll have my left hand down and then I'll open up with my right arm. Hopefully that all made sense. Um, but the first thing there is teaching people how to stabilize through their hips. Because one of the first things you see is people will go to do that thoracic um, twist and they'll allow their hips to just go with it because they feel like, oh, I'm getting more mobility, but actually all you're doing is you're letting your pelvis move. Mm. So this is where that body awareness aspect comes in. So learning how to stabilize the pelvis and then actually moving through the thoracic spine itself, which is something you talked about with doing that chair test. And I think that's one of the things that's most important when people are thinking about doing um, poses, doing movements, whatever it is to increase thoracic spine mobility is you've got to understand or you've got to make sure that you are actually moving through your thoracic spine and you're not just letting your pelvis shift side to side to actually feel like you're moving through your thoracic spine. Mm. Yeah, that's uh that's a good point. One of the um, swimmers that I've, I've started working with um, online was um, he was watching a Dave Scott video, the triathlon coach, and he was talking about stable hips. And um, he's, the concept that he had in his mind that he had to do for his stroke was like not rotate the hips at all. But obviously that's not the case. We need to rotate the, the hips. They shouldn't stay completely flat. Um, but one of the things Dave Scott talked about was like, think of a coffee cup on your, on your hips. Um, like you, you don't want that to, to spill, but whether or not you use that analogy or, or not, like maybe that keeps the hips a little bit too still. Um, but yes, we need to rotate it um, a little bit, but if you go too far 
and they're unstable and it's and we're bent through the hips and the, the waist like there's just very little connection that's going all the way to the extremities from the out the front with the catch and so on um so i think with that that ability to be controlled and um, controlled through the hips it makes such a difference and the way that i've sort of conceptualized it is it's like your hips are kind of on it's like they're hydraulics you think of that like side to side movement we need that that control through there to be able to um connect up the power from the catch and so on whereas if they're just like i don't know i haven't thought of the other other side of that um but i, th I think of them being on hydraulics with this fairly stable and controlled movement through the through the freestyle stroke well, I'm getting, and, and I'm going to give you credit for something that I use all the time in my coaching, which is the rock, not rule. Right. And having, and that, I, I've got to give, I've got to give um, uh, credit there as well. Cause I didn't actually come up with, um, with that one. So that was Carlin pipe. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll pay that one forward <laughs> with that, uh, with her. So I think it's a great one. Yeah. Rock, not roll. It's yeah. It's awesome. Um, I think it, it really gets the message across, right? Because the over-rotation thing is, it's, it's huge. And so finding that middle ground between flat swimming, which is obviously a big problem, and then over-rotating. And I think that, that simple um, saying of rock, not rule is, is huge. Uh, one of the things that, that you're saying there that I loved was, and, and talk about combining, but is the cross-body um, connection. So that connection of, you know, the right hand and the left foot and starting to understand that connection and control through the core, because that's going to help through your rotation. So when you were asking me some of the things you can do to help with the thoracic um, rotation and then thinking about overhead movement, but going from kind of a tabletop position, working on your bird dog pose. So that's where you're raising right leg, left arm, but really having the awareness and the control where once again, when people do that, that pose or that exercise so often, they'll think they have to get their leg as high as they possibly can. And what that does is once again, that shifts the pelvis, right? And learning the control through the core across the body and learning that control of the pelvis and getting that really set in and then going and doing a thread the needle movement. So where you're bringing whichever arm you're using, right arm up and out to the side, or even having the hand back behind the head, which I think isolates through the thoracic spine even a little bit more. And combining that with kind of that cross body connection is, is huge for developing strong freestyle in those two elements that you were just, well, three elements, I guess, that you were talking about, the control, the rotation, the thoracic spine mobility, and then the awareness of overhead movement. Yeah, and I think one of the, the things that I've seen sort of swimmers uh, move to when it comes to, it, whether it's drills in the water or exercises like this is, um, two reasons why they might not do them is one, they're just like, oh, it's, it's, it's a waste of my time, it's not gonna help, I just wanna get in there and train more. Uh, or the other thing that they do, they're like, all right, I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to rush it. And I'm just going, they go through the movement in a really poor way. And I've done two videos recently on um, Lionel Sanders and then one on a guy, Sam Long. So two professional triathletes. And what I've, I've really enjoyed watching their, their YouTube series on is they're both not great swimmers. Uh, they aren't front pack, but in their journey to get front pack, they've had to change the way that they think about swimming. It's, they're not going to the pool to get 
fitter, at least not straight away. It's they've got to go to the pool and their focus is on technique and slowing it down and being really aware of the movements that they're making in the water because they are some of the fittest guys on the planet. But the thing that's stopping them from getting quicker is their form and their movement. And so I think it's very similar to it's like how you perform drills is um, much more important than how many drills you, you do. Like the purpose of the drills is we want to make sure that we do them right. And it's just very easy to, to brush through them without actually thinking of what's the purpose behind it. And when I'm running clinics, like people, you know, most people are doing the drills wrong to start with. And so I'm correcting them all the time. And then same thing with these movements out of the water. You know, if you think of that bird dog position, if I've ever taken people through it, most people, their foot's up really high, their arms like not up, up at shoulder height, it's too low. And so if you can just get them to become aware of this stuff, then, and they can change it, maybe they're looking in a, watching themselves in a mirror and they can become more aware of where they're at. Um, that's that stuff that will translate into the pool 100% of the time uh, because it's much easier to change the stuff out of the pool than in the pool. So I think it's a really good place to start. Yeah, and I think you know I've had a num I've had I've had a good number of conversations with um, coaches, especially when talking about body awareness out of the water and body awareness in the water, right? Because let's face it, completely different environments, right? When you're looking at gravity versus buoyancy and and the way that your body feels in in each of those two environments, but what I always come back to is the more aware you are of what you're doing with your body anywhere, you're going to be able to make adjustments, mm. right? So the more understanding you have of how to engage and how to relax, you're going to be able to do that out of the water. You're going to be able to do it in the water, right? Because it's the understanding of that activation and relaxation, which is what actually gives us the ability to create the movement that we desire to have. That's good. Uh, activation and, and relaxation. That's yeah, it's a, a good way of thinking about what I try and talk a lot about. It's like when we're swimming, we want to have the least amount of tension possible, but just enough to hold the shape in the water anymore. And it's, it's wasted. And that's a very hard thing to do. That's kind of mastery of the, of your swimming when you can get to that point, because a new swimmer is going to be probably quite, uh, quite aggressive with the stroke or very tense and but it's those elite swimmers that you see just gliding up and down the pool that have really got that balance in place of activation and, and relaxation and is is there something that you have done or you've seen um, swimmers do through through the yoga to help them uh, be able to get to that place that's i mean that's that's a huge um thing in you i know i believe is in our first conversation i brought up the saying that I do really like to use, which is effortless effort, hmm. right? And being able to have that sense of, you know, Bill Sweetnam got brought into my mind when you talked about the drills and, and him saying, you know, doing a drill 90, 99% right is 100% wrong. And then he also has the talk of easy speed. And hmm. I really think that that's one of the biggest things I've seen people be able to take from the mat into the water is that understanding of allowing, not forcing, of finding flow within their movement, finding rhythm within their movement and understanding when you're in a pose and you're in a pose for whether it be two breaths, 10 breaths, but how to actually make subtle adjustments to be able to create that proper activation in the muscles you need to hold the pose, hold the shape, 
and then be able to relax everything else around it. So it's exactly what you're talking about in the water. So I really feel that we can teach that on the mat in a very effective way to be able to take that in the water. Number one is that the communication of how you're able to do that can be consistent and really um, give a person a lot of feedback while they're in a pose. And then the awareness aspect is built into yoga where sometimes, you know, for, for us as swimmers, we like to hammer up and down the pool, right? And there's not always the greatest awareness. And that awareness piece is naturally built into yoga when it comes to breath, right? So you have, you, you have to have that when you're doing a yoga practice and doing it in a very intentional way, you've got that awareness, that increased awareness then allows you to understand that activation and that relaxation. And it's brought back into the actual practice where you're very much encouraged to find that in each one of the movements or each one of the poses that you're doing. So once again, when you can find that on the mat, I truly have seen that you can find that in the water. Mm. Yeah, that's right. The more you can do it in other environments, the, the more you can do it in the pool. And that's something that I've been focused quite a bit on with my surfing lately. It's like I moved down to the coast and surfing pretty much every day. And when the surf gets big, like I'm just, I'm wanting to get out there and be able to get as comfortable as possible in the, in the bigger waves. And I was listening to this uh, surfing podcast of a, a surf coach who I think is really good. He's, he's great with analogies. And um, I think he, he coaches in a similar way that I feel like I coach. And so I, I get a lot from it and I actually translate it into my own swim coaching. And one of the things he, he talked about was um, like when you, if you're going out in big surf, a lot of people will be panicked. And so they're, they're paddling out and they're spending all their energy trying to get out out the back and get past the waves but that water that the, you know the waves is, is is carrying through it's eventually got to have to sort of come back out to sea and it's got to uh it's got to calm down and so if you spend all of your energy trying to get out there by the time you're out there you're more panicked and you're not going to be able to relax so i've just even if the surf's big it's like you know just take your time paddling out and then it, when the waves are coming and i was out on a pretty big day probably the biggest day i've been out in um, like ever, this was a couple of weeks ago and I was paddling into, um, you know, some waves and like, I was just focused on my breathing and just trying to relax the whole time. The takeoff is easier, the, the drop and then the bottom turn heaps easier. And then you just surf with so much better style when you're relaxed and you move better. And it's no different when you're, when you're swimming, when you're going through a hard, a hard, like a, you're going through a race. If you can have that sort of like relaxed feeling and you're focused on your breath and you're just making sure that you're your heart rate's not up too high, then you will perform so much better as well. And so if you can just transfer that across to all these different areas of life, it, it really starts to make a difference across the board there. It's that whole concept of flow, right? Mm. And being able to be in the moment and the breath is, is really kind of that key. I mean, when we, when in yoga, the thought of the breath is really the bridge between the body and the mind. Right. And that whole connection, when it's all working together, that's when everything, that's when everything comes together. Right. Mm -hmm. That's when you feel that effortless movement. That's when you feel those times of just being, you know, the typical sports saying of it in the zone. Right. When you're present and, you know, there's, there's a, 
a great episode. I can't remember who it was that you had on, but I know you did work with them on breathing. And that is something that that is huge. And one of the reasons that I think yoga is such an effective um, practice for swimmers is just how built in the breathing aspect is because unlike all other sports, we don't get to breathe whenever the heck we want, right? So being comfortable with that aspect and having greater awareness and control of the breath and that connection is so, so important for a swimmer. Yeah, absolutely. And a good way, uh, a good way to use your breathing as, as well. This is not necessarily a movement uh, thing, but is one of the, one of the ways to kind of set your, your rhythm in your stroke. And I think this is best kind of used when you're training is set it by your, your breathing pattern. So for example, this morning with a squad that I was training with, we did 10, 200 set. It's four of those at 70% and then three at 75, two at 80% and the last one's at 85%. Now, as I was going through those, those 10 twos, um, the way that I um, f- sort of focused on my rhythm or found my rhythm was through the breathing pattern. So we're in a 50 meter pool and I was breathing, it was um, breathing two and then three, three, two. So it was like, yeah, two, three, three, two. Yeah, so um, that was for the first like six, no, first seven of those 200s. Um, and that way I could keep the heart rate down you know, I could, and, um, and I found my rhythm that way. Now, when I had to pick up the pace, I changed that breathing pattern to, um, for the first half of it, I'd keep that rhythm for the first hundred. And then I switched to breathing every two because I needed a little bit more you know, air because I was pushing harder. Um, but just coming back to the breath is a really good way to, to find your rhythm and get into that state of flow. But if you're just breathing like all over the shop, like two, four, three, two, like it's, you're probably not going to get into that, that rhythm and flow. So you've got to find that breathing rhythm first and foremost. Well, and I mean, even before that point, kind of going back to what you're talking about with the surf is the, the preparation aspect, right? And when you're preparing to go off on a repeat or you're preparing for the next set, or in the case of what we're talking about, when you're preparing to get in the water, right? I like to have when working with athletes before we get in, talk about we're not only training, you know, what you're thinking typically of your body to be prepared to swim well, but you're, you're, you're warming up your breath, mm-hmm. right? You're getting connected in that way and you're really preparing to use your breath in an effective and efficient way by bringing awareness to it and manipulating it in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. And it sounds like, again, it's one of those things where um, look, you can, you can go fine without doing it, but I've found personally that when I, when I do focus on my breath or I do focus on, on moving better, like I go, I swim a hell of a lot better. And so it's these, these little uh, 1% changes that, that for me really make a difference. And like this morning as well, like I woke up at, it was like quarter past four. I just woke, no, sorry, four 30. I woke up and then, so I had about 40 minutes. So I had to get up and go training. And so woke up, had a coffee, and then I just went through a couple of yoga moves just on the carpet, just to start to, um, you know, warm up. And then I grabbed this. Yeah. Those that aren't watching might be able to see it, but then I just lay on this thing for a couple of minutes. It's, I think it's called a so back, PSO back, um, or so writes the company that make them. So, and for me, that just opens me up through my 
my shoulders and I'm generally pretty tight through there from surfing and swimming. And so just like, yeah, this, this little routine beforehand. Um, and I swam, I haven't swum this well since like February. And so look, a good night's sleep will help and a couple of other things, but yeah, just doing these little things. And I had a great session. So I'm like, all right, I've got to keep doing that every time. I mean, it's, it's like you said, right. That, that 1%, what, what can you do to just get that little extra, extra advantage? And when we go back to where we started and talking about how tied up adults are after a day, like just doing a couple Mm -hmm. of movement patterns, a couple of flows to open up through the shoulders, to get some overhead um, movements going before you actually start in the water. Never, never mind breath, never mind body. Every, everything we're talking about in this conversation, taking five minutes to do that before you actually hit the water, right? That is going to make a huge difference. That's almost, maybe I'm setting a challenge for your listeners right now to do kind of a, a flow before you get in and just really do it consistently for a couple of weeks and just see how it changes everything for you in the water, right? And I truly believe that's, you know, physically, mentally, and when it comes to the breath. For me, I mean, I'm going to take it on a coaching end. When I coach a morning practice, for me to be ready to get on deck and perform in the way I want to, and that's, you know, not only mentally, emotionally, but also physically moving up and down the deck in the speed I want to, how I want to interact with the swimmers. I get up and I do at least half an hour of yoga before I go to a morning practice. So that might mean I'm getting up at four rather than 5 a.m. But when I get on deck, you know, when I was coaching a group of master swimmers um, for a couple of years, I guess right before the pandemic, they used to look at me and go, what the heck is in your coffee mug, man? And can I get some, (laughs) right? And I was just like, that was all because of the preparation that I was doing you know, on the mat before I got to the pool. And that got me, like I said, everything from mentally, emotionally, physically, everything prepared to perform at my best. Now that's not in the water. That was out of the water, but the same obviously is going to go for in the water. Mm, yeah, definitely agree there. And uh, so um, for you, like where, where can people find out um, exactly what you do and um if they're looking at, if they want to get better with their movement, if they want to be a better swimmer through being able to get into better positions. And I can't advocate enough for, for doing this with, um, with what I've seen with all the athletes that I've coached um, over the last couple of years is like, I promise you, you will swim better. Um, if you do just, you know, some of these routines or some of these exercises on a regular basis. And um, before we sort of go in, into where people can find you, can you just, um, you don't need to use her name necessarily, but the swimmer that we were talking about before the call um, that I had coached um, before, um, can you just talk about what her results were um, and sort of what she did? Because I think this is a really good sort of testimony to what doing yoga can can do for your swimming. Well, I was, it was interesting. I was, I was telling you when she first got in touch with me, she basically said, like, I never thought that yoga was, was going to be a thing for me and really said flat out that she looked at it with a huge amount of skepticism and had never enjoyed it in the past. And then was like, you know, I got, I don't got much else to do. It's a pandemic. Right. So I'll give it a try. And she came to enjoy it. And then when she got in touch with me about a month ago, uh, after her 
first swim meet, her the, the first line I believe in her email was, I have proof that swimming specific yoga works. And what she had said is that she went in and she felt kind of bad coming out of the water because she went in and she was actually making improvements on her times, whereas her teammates were just not feeling great about, never mind time-wise, but just how they were moving. And that was, you know, the two biggest things. She was like, I'm, com- I'm coming out of practices. I'm not having the aches and pains that I used to have. And then I had the water in my first meet and I'm swimming better than I have before. So, you know, that's, it's, it's amazing to see. For me, having the feedback I've gotten from people who have, you know, come to this through the pandemic and then gotten back in the water and just giving me the feedback that their bodies are feeling so much better after training and then being able to get back in the next session and train better. That's, that's a huge thing. Mm, absolutely. And so where can people um, find it and what you've got a, uh, a sale on your membership at the moment as well, which let people know about. So the, the website is swimming specific yoga.com and uh, there I have, the online studio. There's a seven day free trial of the online studio. And the online studio has over a hundred classes that range anywhere from 10 to 60 minutes in length. And so that's one access point. And then I also have a YouTube channel where you can experience some of the practices there as well. And the YouTube channel is also swimming specific yoga. And then the sale coming up is going to be a half price on our annual membership. So, excuse me, that price is going to be uh, $59.99 for unlimited access to the online studio for a year. And there's going to be a few different bonus products in there as well. Fantastic. So um, we'll put the links in the, the show notes. And uh, look, if after seven days, if you're finding no benefit, then... Uh, feel free to cancel, but I, I would uh, be surprised if you found no benefit at all after seven days. Um, so that, yeah, thanks for that, Jeff. And I, I wouldn't have you on the show if I didn't uh, think that what you teach is, is worthwhile um, and, uh, and helpful to, to the people that listen to this show. And um, yeah, we've known each other for a number of years and uh, it's, it's a funny how our kind of worlds have collided, I guess, with uh, the swimmer that you just mentioned. And uh, I'm sure there's probably quite a few more as well, because one of the funny things about having a podcast is like, you just don't know who's listening and it's like, we, yeah, we can talk and uh, I hope someone yeah, listens to this. That would be nice. But uh, the amount of people that I've had who have come up to me and say, I've listened to your podcast and I really like it. And like just people that I've met at pools and stuff. It's like, that's really cool that, um, yeah, that so many people do, do listen to it. So I hope that this can really change um, someone's, someone's swimming and not only just their swimming, but also, you know, if you move better uh, in swimming, you're going to move better in day-to-day life and maybe get through those aches and pains and a whole bunch of other things. So it is, um, it is a worthwhile thing to do because there's nothing worse than getting older and just getting worse posture. And you see, like, you see it with, with people, but if you can move well, look, you are going to uh, defy age uh, as, you, as you get older. Well, I was, I was going to say uh, two things. One, um, Please, I'm I'm very open to 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 correspondence. 
send me an email if you have any questions on anything at all. And that's swimming specific yoga at gmail.com. And then I was going to share just a, a quick story with you that master's group that I, that I taught out here in Vancouver. I had one of the swimmers coming in the morning and this, this was an Irish guy and he comes over. He goes, Jeff, I just got an email from one of my mates in Ireland and pulls up your podcast with me on it. <laughs> and I'm like, that is hilarious. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's so cool. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's very cool to, um, to be able to do this and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure people will, will benefit from it. So Jeff, thanks again for being on the podcast and, uh, yeah, and I, I appreciate and, and all the best with uh, with what you've you've got coming up um, that we spoke about before the call. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.